8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. Okay, so there you are. So I promise you we could have spoken to Bonang Mohale for two hours. We really can't get to that, get him part of a debate maybe sometime down the line. The podcast of, uh, of his interview, of him being in the, the big hitter, we'll have it up tomorrow morning. Check it up around 9 o'clock, safm.co.za, you will find it. But check it out my Twitter timeline as well, Ashraf uh, Garda. Right, the second part of what we're talking about tonight is we're going to try and get the big picture on the issues of jobs. Now, you know we touched on it with Bonang already. There's a job summit that comes up in a couple of days' time. Uh, Many, many supporter, very much a NEDLAC event, so I understand it, the National Economic Development and Labor Council. Uh, but there is opposition as well to it. So we'll get maybe three, four different takes on this issue, including yours, 0891-104-207. First up, as well as Zimavavi uh, from the Federation of Trade Unions, that's uh, Saftu, he's the General Secretary there. Uh, as well as Zimavavi, good chatting to you as always. Thank you for your time. Good, good evening to us. Thank you, right. And, uh, and good evening to all of your listeners and uh, and the other guests that you have. Thank you. Let, let's start with, okay, so the Job Summit happening. What's what's your position regarding the Job Summit? Well, obviously, we would applaud any endeavor attempt uh, to do something about what has become the most scary uh, crisis South Africa is facing today. And, uh, but we are equally uh, worried that uh, the parties in NetLake, as you know, uh, kept us out of NetLake, refused to compromise, and, and all of them now, we can no longer say just uh, the three federations, all of them agreed that we must be kept out, basically. And they, they negotiated behind our backs, behind workers' backs. And on the last minute, uh, recently, they say, please come uh, and participate. But they've already concluded all of the arguments. What, what would be the point of going to a meeting where the only purpose that will be served will be that you become the, the flowers uh, to decorate the hall and that you add numbers, you can no longer change the content and there there is no space for you to influence other parties the deal has been concluded and that's why we decided that we're not going to to go and just legitimize quite Mm -hmm. a clear, flawed process that locks out industrial workers which are organized by South to the biggest uh, Federation when it comes to organizing the industrial proletariat. And uh, and secondly, when we had a discussion with the staff of the president, our impression was that the big debates that have been uh, avoided and that have become holy cows in this country for 24 years, if not more, have uh, been sidelined completely in the process of the negotiations. The big structural problems facing this economy, and uh, be it about the fact that we're still a neo-colonial post to extract mineral wealth and uh, to then uh, 
export it to countries that used to colonize the rest of African continent, mm-hmm. and now increasingly China receiving those mineral uh, uh, deposits raw, and uh, and then transform them and beneficiate them, build secondary industries, create jobs in China, and and then send stuff here, uh, complete products, and we buy them as if we are not the owners mm, of these mm, minerals. Mm. That's what, that's not going to be tackled there. As a result, there is, will be no talk of real industrialization when you don't own the mines, when the mines are now increasingly owned by international uh, companies, multinational corporations. Okay. So Let- we think that, that the, 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 the summit will not produce anything that we have not seen before. Unemployment will not be undermined, will not be fundamentally touched, and, uh, and status quo is likely to continue. Okay. And if, I, if I go back to, to your own uh organization's uh, position uh, we're talking about the the federation of trade south african federation of trade unions SAFTU, right you're saying you, you were kept out and now then were invited in w- were you given reasons why you were kept out and why you were invited in at the 11th hour we were kept out because we believe that uh, we represent a threat to the status quo and uh, as SAFTU. Uh, people are very happy with what they have today and uh, and what they have today, they give them positions in parliament, in government, and may, may give them a false aura that they still big players in the context of all of the crisis. So they find a, a lousy excuse to say that uh, we can only be affiliated in Netflix once we have completed two years of existence which will end uh, April next year, basically, mm, mm, mm. we would be kept out. So that's their official reason. I mean, it's uh, the most... So, uh, so let me put it this way to you. If, if if that is the reason, it does appear very trivial, quite honestly, that in, in, in the context of a greater need for South Africa to create jobs, why would you leave out a major player? Because they, they're fairly newborn in this case here, yeah, right? But, but the same may also apply to say, now that they've invited you in, even though it's at the 11th hour, isn't the bigger picture jobs and not whether some things were signed and sealed and done and dusted before you came in? So still to be part of it, wouldn't it be better? Very good question. When we received the briefing from the staff of the president, we wrote a a letter to the president to say, uh, fine, we have not been there. We're not happy about the fact that we have not been there. But at least create a platform for us, allow us to address the conference, to even at this late hour point out what we believe should be the way to address the crisis that is deepening, worsening of unemployment, poverty, and inequalities. Allow us to address the conference to speak about how unfair it is that. Uh, uh, the industrial workers where the jobless bloodbath is actually uh, taking place are left out of the process to find solutions to the crisis. We wanted to be given that platform. We, we received a letter from the president not responding to that request, but pleading with us to, to participate. And then uh, we then received an official invitation from NETVEC, the very NETVEC, 
that have been saying to us, you are not welcome to mm. participate in the social dialogue in the country. And it was in the two issues, basically, then we decided that, no, we will be legitimizing a completely flawed process that uh, is designed to exclude critical players and whose voices are so important if there was to be a, a real dialogue about the solutions that are so needed in the economy. Okay, so so therefore, in not wanting to legitimize, would you say you're, you're not just not there, you're, you're opposing it as well, which is a slightly different take from just saying we're absent. You're opposing the job summit? No, no, we don't oppose the job summit. And, uh, but we are the same, absolutely clear that uh, there will be no solutions without uh, addressing the structural crisis the economy is facing. But nevertheless, it would have been very nice if we were allowed to be in network to consistently point out to them that the, we, we can't keep on repeating the same mistakes. For example, the macroeconomic policies government have been, have been following for the past uh, 20, 23, four years, has simply failed the country. This uh, reducing the tax, preoccupation with inflation targeting, removing the exchange controls, and uh, and opening the industries to what they call the chilly winds of the international competition, have just led to the flood of cheap uh, goods into the economy, and the corruption that have not been tackled in our in our borders, and uh, have led to this massive illegal goods. Uh, there's a big complaint about people in this country being sold goods that have expired dates. Mm-hmm. All of that points to the structure to issues that have become structural now. The, the capacity at the level of the government to to drive processes to deliver its own commitments, to inspire confidence, to lead by example, and uh, is, has become a structural deficiency that without it being addressed, there will be no solution to the crisis of, uh, of okay. unemployment. Now, now you, you, you've also given so the impression that you, you that know... Okay, you've also given the impression that you know what was already agreed. I mean, things are done and dusted. Can, can you share what you, what you think will come out of it? Well, uh, not much. All we, 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 we know is that there are about 80 agreements. These are what they call the low-hanging fruits, the easy-to-do type of uh, programs which, uh, will, uh, which will be led by both government and the private sector, and they do not touch the structural programs in the economy. They are more like, we will, we will run this program, we will run that program, all of them, in, 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 in our view, minute things that are not going to make a difference. Or sort of in the same scale of what we heard when the president was announcing a stimulus package mm. that is a term script. And therefore, that's what we, 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 we're expecting, that there will be some good things to say, good rhetoric, 80 arguments that will not change the... The, the crisis. Let me tell you one of the biggest problems that we believe will not be tackled. South Africa's uh, basic education and education in general is in a state of crisis. Mm, mm, mm. Sightlines, millions of children 
it uh, it, it leads many many uh, people at the rate of about 48 to 52 percent of kids who do not arrive in Madrid at the required time. In terms of quality, we are not addressing the fact that we can even compete with countries far poor with mm. far lesser resources than South Africa has. We can't compete with Swaziland. We can't compete with Botswana, Zimbabwe, and all of the rest of the African countries. Well, it's interesting. I mean, Bonang, Bonang Mohale, who I had as a guest earlier on uh, from Business Leadership South Africa, saying, you know, uh, education needs to give business the jobs it needs. You, you, you agree with that? That means that exactly. there must be a yeah. type of education that delivers look, for business. Look, one of the biggest problems we inherited or we, in, we, 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 we initiated the whole establishment of the sitters. We had the levy going from every boss, but we don't have the plan of how we're going to use these billions. They are sitting there. They fly by night companies who are now losing them. Uh, in a typical tender premier activity that doesn't skill the South Africa, that does not prepare the workers for the, mm, mm. the fourth uh, uh, industrial, industrial revolution. Yeah. revolution. Yeah. All right, for, and, uh, therefore the last thing, the last thing from your... Back to say, yeah. here is a crisis. If South Africa's youth is not being prepared, if our education is not being transformed, if we do not address the dysfunctionality, of our education, where schools have no libraries, no laboratories, where, edu- where disciplines have totally collapsed and be replaced by lawlessness and disorder, we're not going to take this country into a different direction. Okay, that, now, that, that's a hard thing to do. It's not an easy or low-hanging fruit. It requires a total political commitment and a drive by both unions, government, and business to say we've got to change this direction the country has been taking over the past 22 years, or else we will just uh, disappear, uh, in particular with the threat of the... Okay, so, so therefore, and we're going to wrap up now in a minute, that, that you're not part of the summit, but let's just assume you were, you were the director of the summit, that you could, you, could, you could be the architect of, of the job summit, even now. Okay, let's assume it happened. What would you then craft to come out of the summit that you know will be good for the country? If we were there, yeah. let's start with the issue that I was raising. We will insist we want a deal. Give us experts, and there are experts that exist in South Africa who have written, who have solutions to the crisis of the basic education. Let's fix our education system. Let's fix our health care. Let's end the era of SET banning all over the country. Let's make sure that workers are much more healthier because only healthier uh, communities, healthier workplace uh, workers can, can drive the economy. Let's nationalize this mind. At least let's have a, a, if you are afraid to do so, let's have a big uh, uh, company uh, owned by the state uh, that can drive uh, uh, the issue of, uh, of uh, beneficiation of building secondary industries that can improve okay. the, the value uh, health chain. Let's re-nationalize Sasol and, and, and Arcelometal so that we can have access not only to cheap uh, petrol and, and fuel, but also we can have uh, access to cheap uh, steel 
uh, if we want okay. to really and I, and I take it none of those are low-lying fruits. They they need some serious work. Uh, that's where we can leave it. Zwelin Zimavavi, the General Secretary of SAFTU, the South African Federation of Trade Unions, is talking about uh, petrol. The price goes up at midnight tonight. So perhaps even as you're listening to the show, get to a petrol station, listen to the show while you're in that long queue because I understand that's exactly what it is. The question is, how do we get the queues, not for petrol, but for jobs shorter so that people know they're employed. That's a big issue. Let's get a, a second take on this issue. We'll chat to Stefan Lober right after this. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.5 FM in Tabazimbi. All right, so let's. Uh, so Stefan Lober with me is. Uh, the executive director of the Ubuntu Initiative. and Well, Stefan, first of all, good chatting to you. Hello. Thank you, Ashraf, for having me. Thank you. And it's interesting you and I talked because about a year ago, or thereabouts this time, the initial job summit is something that you had set up. And as I told Bonang Mohali earlier, I was the program director of it. So where, where do you fit in this time around? As you know, the program was really driven through NEDLAG, uh, which has the four uh, stakeholders is a very structured approach, and um, we engaged uh, several times, but uh, we didn't quite fit into that structure. So all we can say from our side is we are there to support them. And I think uh, the crisis is enormous. We cannot afford to fail, and we all need to help. So we're waiting to see for the outcomes of the job summit to see how we can get on board after that. Okay, let's so so. Okay, your role is therefore supportive. Uh, w- what then are your expectations coming out of this summit compared to what was done last year? I would say in 2017, the work we did was very much about sector mobilisation, industry mobilisation. We at the time engaged with over a thousand executives, over 200 companies to come up with sector-specific plans. I saw the program for this summit, and I'm happy to see that sectorial interventions are one of the priority areas. So um, I'm very happy about that. It was also clear to us when we had our launch last year that our intervention had a specific focus. It was particularly focused on small business development and skills development. These are still topics very important. But um, issues like political stability, such as a supportive regulative environment, improved productive investment, infrastructure development, they were outside the scope of our job summit last year. Now, these are all topics that uh, fit right into NEDLAG because you need the approval of all the big stakeholders, the four social partners. So I think we have taken the conversation from a more on the grassroots company level up to a policy level um, on a uh, government level. And I think that is, there's, a, there's an important role for that to, to play. And I hope, obviously, that next year we're moving more from the policy level down to the practical world. Now, now, there were certain targets that you, if I understand, that were agreed on last year and commitments from business. What, what were those targets? Our target was to create 100,000 jobs by this time, and we have had progress, but not to be frank with you, not as much as we wished. We got an agreement from 75,000 jobs from the IT industry, the real estate sector, uh, 
wholesale and retail sector have come on board. But to be frank, I'm a bit uh, disappointed. I think we could have done better. Why, why, where were the shortcomings? I think the shortcomings in general, I think, in job creation is um, there's a sense of complacency. I think everybody agrees that we're having a problem, that we need to create jobs, and that um, we need to do something. But when it comes to the day-to-day practicalities, all of us are busy. If you're in business, every company has to deal with urgent matters. Um, and uh, I think job creation, and as much as we're talking about it being a big problem, still is secondary or uh, even below that on our agenda as a nation. So I think breaking through complacency and uh, developing a more stronger sense of urgency is certainly, I think, an important need. Also, when interacting with government, interacting with NetLag, I would dare to say there's a considerable amount of formality, maybe you call that red type, um, and um, that does not necessarily um, help in one word. Okay, what, you you do know that there's been criticism, and, and uh, certainly from people, organizations like SAFTA, we just spoke to as well, and Zimavavi now, uh, and and could, uh, Kosato as well, uh, effectively, you know, not being present and saying this is just one big talk shop. What do you feel about that? Well, we have had to raise that topic many times. We have interacted numerous times on the pre- with the presidency, numerous times with NEDLAG, and we always flagged that, and we always said, um, the job summit needs to be practical. We have had, um, um, initially, I think I saw the various drafts of the paper and plans. They certainly were very much uh, on a policy level. We have had, however, uh, be reaffirmed by different stakeholders that they have made a greater attempt to make it more practical. So the three areas that they're going to discuss at the job summit is one thing is sectoral interventions. So in other words, what can we do in each industry? That sounds to me practical. I assume and expect that these proposals are tangible. Then they're going to talk about creating more an enabling environment. Here I expect more uh, discussion about regulations and policy matters. But in as much as that is uh, 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 maybe abstract, we need these conversations, okay? There are problems on that level, and uh, they need to be addressed, okay? So I expect, although it's theoretical, to have a practical impact. And then the third area they're going to discuss, which they call enhancing efficiency. Now, to be frank, I don't quite know what that means. Um, one would think probably mm. government must become more efficient. Possibly uh, people are going to talk how can we improve productivity in the private sector. But the challenge, all in all, is simple. We need now action. And I think that's where um, your listener out there, where the youth, where everybody is holding their breath to see to what degree is that job summit going to make a difference. What, what, can, what can go wrong? Well, I think I always call South Africans the world champions of policy. Okay? Um, since 1994, we have had uh, uh, excellent policies, okay, uh, based on leading edge practices. Where we have, however, failed in the implementation side of those policies, and linked, in other words, for policy implementation is simply good management. 
So I heard you ask, Wavi, what if there's one thing you could wish mm-hmm. you could do? If you ask me that question, I would simply good project management, okay? I expect many good ideas to come away from the job summit, you, uh, the word that was used, low-hanging fruits. Mm-hmm. I think at this stage we need immediate results. We need to go for the low-hanging fruits. And in order for us to harvest the fruits, I would simply say we need one thing, good project management. Well, there you are. That's where we're going to leave it. Uh, and I'm sure we'll reflect on the on the job summit uh, sometime over the weekend or next week. Stefan Loba, as always, thank you for your time. The executive director of the Ubuntu Initiative, which effectively set up the original job summit last year. But as uh, Borang Mohali said, new new leader. It's the it's the Ramaphosa era now, this time now, run by Nedlak. But certainly, uh, Stefan Loba and company, very much uh, a part of this year's event as well. By the way, you can call in. What do you make of um, of the summit, um, this job summit? And I want to just tell you that that Nedlak themselves not willing to talk, which I think is a huge pity. But you may give me your thoughts. Are you are you confident regarding the job summit? Uh, you, are you confident in terms of the people present? Are you confident in terms of the type of jobs that may be created out of it? Is there a need for a job summit? To create jobs, and you've heard earlier on from Bonang Mohali, that you know, if if business commits, do they need to have a summit to actually make that commitment, or do they simply understand that there's a role for them? But also, even jobs comes at a price because you also know there's issues of minimum wage. How much? How many people can a shrinking economy hire, and at what price can they hire? So, give me your take on the job summit. I would love to know. I'd love your viewpoint. Oh eight nine one one zero four two seven. Would you do things? differently will the job summit succeed is it a talk shop is it a waste of time or is it a case of even if it's half right it's half is better than zero so we need to get moving with it because at stake are the masses of unemployed people in our country we'll uh, we'll get to a third guest on this issue besides your opinion because i want to get your thoughts male female the jobless the employed the unemployed all welcome dennis george coming up and i'll also give you some football or soccer scores from our country and around the world in a moment. Hashtag SFM Viewpoint. Right, just an update on the on the soccer score. So from the PSL, of course, uh, these are full-time results. Amazulu nil, Maritzburg United nil. Then Highlands Park nil, Kaiser Chiefs nil. Uh, Polokwane City won, Supersport United won. And then Cape Town City, after their big win over the weekend, goodness, they've lost 2-0 to Bedvest Fritz, but of course they've got a trophy so far, so there you are with the Benny McCarthy reign. That's it, that in the European Champions League uh, there are two times now, there's an early game and there's later games in the later games, Man United nil Valencia nil, that's 23 minutes into that match, but there's some other full-time scores and I'll just get uh, results on that as well in just a moment or so if I can just get that sorted out. Okay, we'll get Ben to assist me on that and I'll do that but in the meantime, uh, let's get Dennis George's thoughts, he's the General Secretary of FEDUSA, the Federation of unions of South Africa. And I'll make the point, Dr. Dennis George, as has been seen all over your Facebook page. Dennis, thanks for your time. Hi. Yes, good evening and good evening to all the listeners. And thank you for having me on the program tonight. Thank you. And of course, you were also, like Bonang and Stefan, you were there part of last year's, uh, that inaugural job summit. Uh, what's what's going to be different this time? Look, I think, uh, you know, the job summit is to mobilize all South Africans um, business and labor, government, you know, to focus on specifically how do we get our economy to grow, how do we get more people to participate in the economy. And I think certainly 
is how do we also prevent and to retain job um, jobs in our economy because jobs is so important because it provides so much for households and for people and the minute when a person is employed you know it gives you that kind of dignity and it also gives you that situation that you feel you contribute towards the economy and that is very important for all people in South Africa and for us going to the job summit is to mobilize people and to bring people together to focus on creating more jobs in our country. So what what then will actually happen? We hear this thing, Job Summit. Who's going to attend? Uh, and, and are there discussions taking place? Are there debates? Or are they simply ratification of decisions taken already? What what actually? Give, give us an insight into that. Yeah, look, you would remember this thing started when President Ramaphosa in the State of the Nation announced that he wants to have two summits. You know, the one is going to focus on jobs and the other one is to focus on investment. And, you know, the we had a meeting with President Ramaphosa last night. And I think what was very important and very critical was to see the his determination in his eyes and also to see how determined he is to get, you know, the process going. So this is not going to be just Thursday and Friday where it's going to be. But I think this is going to be a start where the social partners will get together, work together, and put our energies together to get our economy to focus more on people and to get more people into employment. I mean, if I can just give you an idea that we should deal with more than 5.5 million young people that is not in employment. And those people have all their lives ahead of them. And I think it's important that we must get them so quickly and so into the economy so that they can become part of the process and that is very critical for us. And so once we start meeting, then we want to meet on a monthly basis. We want to um, also be part of a process where we bring everybody together so that we can share the ideas and to implement things. And these things must be shared between business and labor, but also government, so that we can make sure that we create a better life for our people. Are you... I mean, can, can you tell us about anything that has already been decided that you that you are able to share? Yeah, no, look, I mean, the first thing that we can say is that we've already started, you know, some months ago, and we've rolled out one particular program called the Youth Employment Services, where we've asked companies to look at taking young people on. And for that particular program, we're looking at getting 350,000 young people in employment you know, for a period of at least one year to give them that sense of being in work, learning it while you're working, and to be also be part of the working process. I mean, that is one particular program that we're looking at. But then at the same time, from previous job summits that we have also created, the CETAS, the CETAS also created to help us to skill young people and to get companies to give 1% of their payroll to be spent on skills development. And we find today that even companies are spending more than that X amount of 1% on, 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 on of their payroll to get um, people to be skilled. I mean, I'm also a beneficiary. You mentioned earlier that um, you know, I completed my PhD. Mm. But I also had to dedicate my time, like getting up 4 o'clock in the morning, 
you know, working from 4 o'clock to 8 o'clock in the morning and then go to work. Because we want to show the young people, look, it is possible to work and to study at the same time. And, and, and to be an inspiration for others. And, 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 and I've also benefited from the, 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 the skills um, leverage funds that we've introduced. So what we want to say to our South Africans that the nation is facing the fourth industrial revolution, that this is important for all of us to embrace learning and to embrace work and to embrace being economically active in the economy um, so that we can create that better life for all our people and, and, and to focus also on the weakest of the week in South Africa. I welcome callers 0891104207. Here's your chance to put questions through to um, Dennis George from Fedusa. He's the general secretary there. Uh, what would you like to tell him or ask him around the job summit? That's the narrow focus that we are talking about today, and I want to get your viewpoint on it. Uh, D- Dennis, let's then talk about you are aware that Zwell and Zima Vavi, Saftu, Kusatu, Certainly not happy, not going to be present at all. Uh, your, your take on that? Look, I mean, it is um, for us, you know, very disappointing that that government have asked him to come to the summit and they have declined to come because I don't think that it is fair, you know, um, you know that they want to um, make all the comments and criticism. It's not time to criticize one another. Everybody has to make a contribution. I might not agree with the next person's contribution. Um, so therefore, for us, we mean that our Africa is moving forward. There's no time for us to wait. There's no right and there's no wrong way. And what is critical for us, that the people that make a contribution, is also the people that's going to benefit. And it's no use you're going to sit on your little island and criticize everybody else, but you're not doing something. The whole thing about the job summit for us is that we must all do something to improve our own lives and to better the lives of South Africans that is less fortunate. Okay, but the fact that they are not partaking, how much of an issue is that anyway? No, no, no. Look, I mean, that is not going to be a major issue because South Africa will move forward. Remember, South Africans are connected with our constitution and the fact that our country, every minute that we do something like when you and I go to the shop, you automatically contribute 14% to the GDP when you purchase something. Every day when we work and we get our salary in the month, we contribute towards the fiscus. And so what we are saying is this, our economic activity is so intertwined. It is no way that I can say, no, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that. What we want to do is to broaden economic activity, to give more people opportunities to education and skills development so that we can all improve our lives and that we can create a better life for all our people. Let's get to callers here, Zaza from Cape Town. Hi, Zaza. Yeah, how's it? Zaza, hello. Yeah, hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Go ahead. Yeah, cool. Listen here. I think, you know, uh, unions, I think, of the past. And focusing on jobs, right? I think it's a waste of time. You know, we're in an era whereby jobs are basically becoming a thing of the past. So every human being must become sort of a business on, on his own. You know what I mean? You and me, we must be productive to offer something that the other human being needs. So, you know, that, that's what the unions must be doing. You know what I mean? Because technology is taking over. And nowadays, I mean, 
this very technology whereby, um, you know, a computer can issue medication, a computer can, can diagnose you. Okay, but you see, that may be the long-term. That may be the long-term focus, and I understand that part. That be your business, yeah. or be your own business. But I mean, how do you explain that to half the population that can't be their own business right now that are unemployed? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The only way to deal with unemployment is to make every human being a business. You know what I mean? We have to be productive to be able to sustain ourselves without going to work for someone. And because I mean, at the end of the day, there will be no jobs, no company to work for. Okay, got that. Thank you. Thank you for that call. Does he does he have a point, uh, Dr. Dennis George? No, look, I mean, you know, technology has always been part of us, you know, from the first industrial revolution, where we started with industrialization through steam, and later on through electricity, and then the telecommunication industry came in, and now we're sitting with the digital and we're moving into the fourth industrial revolution. So, I mean, technology has always been part and parcel of us. I think what we must do is to say, how do we as, 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 as citizens adapt, you know, to the utilization of technology? I mean, it was only 10 years ago when the internet was not even there, you know, today. You sit in a taxi and people sit on their smartphones and they do banking and they do other communication. So I don't think that we must blame technology for these things. I think what we need to do is to say, look, how do we participate in the process and how do we make sure that we benefit from the process? Yeah, but I mean, I, I think the point of the caller is not so much that, that what we should embrace, that except that that should be the focus. It's not about just creating jobs, but but new different new occupations. So it should be, let's call it the Fourth Industrial Revolution Summit as opposed to a job summit. Yeah, look, I think, you know, when, when, we, when we focus on all these different um, particular uh, processes in terms of a post-industrial revolution, um, you know, I was attending a conference in the World Economic Forum in, in Davos, Switzerland, you know, when this particular concept was coined by Dr. Swartz, or Professor Swartz, where he was indicating that, you know, um, what is basically happening to people and how people have utilized the process. What I'm saying is that we must also focus on the other part of our lives and, and, and also to get people involved in economic activity. But economic activity is helped on by technology. Let's get another caller from Port Elizabeth. We go, Billy, go ahead. Hello, Billy. Billy, hello. Yeah, you, your line's crackling, but, but go ahead. Let's, let's try and do okay. it quickly. Yeah. Quick one, Ashraf. There's 10 million unemployed people in this country. Now, practically, after this job summit, how many people will be employed? No theories, practicalities. No complacency, as a previous guest said. Okay. Dennis George, with his PhD, will not be having any theories but recommendation. Thank you, Ashraf. Okay, goodness. Thank you for that one there. Right, uh, Dennis, after the summit, how many jobs? Look, look, I think we must focus on what is going to help us to create jobs and what sectors are going to support us to do that. I can immediately turn to the research that was done um, by the World Bank, for instance, where we focus on rural employment and also agri, um, agriculture and also um, jobs related to agriculture. Because what we find is that more people are moving to the same cities. And what we believe and, and, and what is going to be important for us, because those particular jobs in the the rural areas and agricultural sector, you know, 
has the potential not only just to feed us, but also to enrich our own quality of life and, and, and lives. And, and I think that is going to be an area that's very important. But then we can also look to our traditional areas like mining and manufacturing has huge potential. You can just look if you travel from London to Port Elizabeth, mm-hmm. if you look at manufacturing of motor cars. Really, those things are things that turn over continuously because, you know, people use cars for a certain period and then those cars become redundant and then you have to manufacture okay. again and more. So that is very important for us. And food is also something that we contribute. All right, Dennis, we're going to have to leave it at that. Thank you for your time. The General Secretary of uh, Fedusa, Dennis George, and before that, Stefan Lober from the Ubuntu Initiative, and before that, Zima Vavi from SAF to all different takes on this particular issue. In fact, we'll have a podcast up of this uh, tomorrow morning around nine o'clock. Uh, let's, uh, let's do this. is important too in terms of uh, where we are, and I'll try and give you some football scores. Well, the latest one, Man United still nil, Valencia nil. You know that Cape Town City have lost their game uh, 2-0 uh, result well, earlier on today, and Man City have won against half and nine by two goals to one. That's in the European Champions League. In the meantime, are you a social grant recipient? Well, then please note your easy pay everywhere. That's the EP green card can still be used to access your social grant money. Now, this has been confirmed by the Minister of Social Development, Susan Shabangu. This means you can choose between Easy Pay Everywhere, the post office or any other commercial bank account. Choose the one that works best for you. Officials may not force you to make a decision you do not want to. Easy Pay Everywhere is committed to the people we serve and will continue to do so. Now, let's get to tonight's drama. It's called Josie Dark.